And the big challenge is getting everyone on the team, including stakeholders and the people building it and to all be in the same mindset that less is more and that you can make a more effective product by subtracting instead of adding. Welcome to the Majestic Apps Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Jade Ng, a senior user experience designer at Majestic Apps, about the journey from product idea to full design. We walk through the entire product design stage from kickoff to discovery, user research, prototyping, full design, and more. To see the article and all the visuals associated with this episode, head over to MajesticApps.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today, really excited to have Jade Ng here on the show talking all about creating an MVP and what is an MVP and what it stands for. So we're going to dive all about minimum viable products. So Jade, to start off, can you kind of share with us, for anyone in the audience who doesn't know what an MVP is, can you kind of elaborate on that? Sure. So uh, I would say most people know MVP as most valuable player. That's what I did before I got into the tech world. But once you're talking product development, MVP stands for minimum viable product. That's great. And so what exactly does that mean in terms of a company? And if they're creating a minimum viable product, can you kind of share a bit more what that looks like? So this term was popularized around 10 years ago in a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. It really centers around the idea that less is more. And the sooner you can build a product and get it to the market for feedback, the better you can be at pivoting and making sure your product is actually meeting what the market needs. Perfect. And so what are some of the, I guess, other kind of benefits of starting with an MVP? Yeah, I think there are benefits all around for everyone involved. Number one, definitely for the business, they can save money because it's right now the most effective way to release your product to the market in the shortest amount of time. In addition, it also makes it possible for you to check for demand before investing time and energy into releasing a fully built out product. That's great. And so what would you say is the alternative to going the MVP route? So an alternative is typically uh, the waterfall method. That's really where the work is done. Big phases where one follows the other. It takes more, much more time than it takes to develop an MVP. And sometimes you can easily get ahead of yourself with a lot of assumptions about um, what a user might need. And you might build things in that aren't actually needed. So if I'm hearing you correctly, basically an MVP would basically be as small of a product as you can create. And then waterfall would basically be what is the kind of almost full or really large vision of the project and trying to get in all those features at the initial release. Is that right? Most definitely. And also going back to the benefits you were asking about, one great benefit is actually for the design team and letting them find the simplest and the most effective solution for the user. When you work with an MVP, it typically reduces what we call featureitis. And that's when users are presented with too many options and they get overwhelmed and they might drop off. In addition, having these additional features that might not be core to your product means that the core features are uh, sometimes getting diluted. When should a company consider using an MVP and when should they maybe go more toward the waterfall approach? Typically, if you're starting a new product or you have a new idea, something you need to 
go test and validate, that's when people want to use an MVP. In other situations, maybe, you know, it's something specific to what somebody needs. You might already have a good idea of what needs to build out. Like if it's a tool for a very specific set of users. Yeah, I know in previous interviews um, with Sean or Mark, they would kind of say that there's sometimes if it's really within an industry or it's sometimes in healthcare or something like that. In some of those situations, you have to almost start a little larger because of just all the requirements that may be around that where it's almost not functional or if it's like a, going to be like a something for people to use in the field for business. It's like it has to kind of have all of these features. And it sounds like there's some case or more features than it's maybe an MVP. So it sounds like there's cases where it's almost like if there's not the full app, it's not useful, I guess, is kind of the the breaking point. That's definitely true. There is certainly instances where uh, if you've already have like a business already understands exactly what they need and have that outline, we might not need to go and test an idea and go validate that. So are there well-known companies that have started off by building an MVP? You might actually be surprised that most of the tech companies we're familiar with now started with MVP products even before the methodology was outlined. The first one I want to mention is definitely Google. I think we all know they started with just a search engine, and now they have a full suite of products that do pretty much everything. Another interesting one is Facebook. They started off as just an idea to connect students that are in the same college. You couldn't even sign up for Facebook unless you had a college email address. And back then, it was just messaging and boards. Since the core functionality was so effective at connecting the people to people they wanted to be connected to, they were able to keep on adding features and testing them to grow into the platform as we know it now. Lastly, I just want to mention Groupon. They have a pretty interesting story because their MVP was neither an app or a website. It was a 500-person mailing list for one single office building. And the goal was to connect businesses to customers by offering really great deals. And they were so effective at that. Groupon was able to generate demand before their product was even fully built. So that was just a really great way of validating an idea. And when they went to build their platform, the challenge was to keep up with demand rather than just trying to build demand. And what would you say, I guess, to companies who maybe are considering or haven't maybe haven't considered that approach that kind of like what Groupon did, where they essentially they didn't have any tech hardly other than off-the-shelf tools, but it sounds like you can still create an MVP without tech, or what would you kind of share around that? really depends on what the problem or the challenge you've identified is. There are many ways you can solve it. You can always brainstorm what ways you can solve it without using tech. Maybe one interesting one to mention is actually Amazon. Amazon started very low tech because Jeff Bezos was essentially just looking for ways to his main goal was just to drive down costs and increase margins. And after constantly iterating on that for so many years, he was able to build Amazon into what we know now. That's great. And so how would you recommend companies go about building an MVP? Sell products online. He wasn't even uh, thinking about selling everything. 
he was just starting off with a list of products and figuring out which ones would be good options for selling online. And then he landed on books. And in the beginning, his online catalog was on a website, but for fulfillment, he just went to a distributor, bought it and shipped it. So this is a bit more involved, but at the beginning, it's always the research portion. You want to define what the challenge is or what you're trying to solve by putting out your product or service. From there, you usually have a set of assumptions about what people need and you want to go validate that. You go speak with your target audience and learn about them through surveys or one-on-one interviews. And that way you can really get to the bottom of what their needs and pain points are and start looking for ways to address those things. Once you have that idea, you, of course, want to do competitor research. It's always important to see where someone else has put time in and how they tried to solve that problem. And you can learn from both their successes and failures. And then after you've done your research, it really comes down to defining that MVP. So we usually start with key steps a user has to do in your product. So for example, say it's a... If it's a dating app, you might need to provide your information, browse matches, and connect with people. Three main steps. Then you go create features for each of those steps and prioritize them based on how important they are to your core functionality and what's the level of effort to go design and build them. Once you cut that down to just the essentials, you make it as simple as possible while still providing that core functionality. And that's how you get to the minimum viable product. So when you're defining what an MVP should be and everything there, you mentioned all the different features and how long something takes and how useful it'll be to the user. Do you guys have any tools or frameworks or how do you organize all those features and actually rank those to decide among multiple stakeholders? I would say for smaller projects, this is usually just done by mapping features to an X and Y axis, where we have one axis being the priority of the feature, how important it is to the product, and the other axis being how difficult it is to design and build. And then typically, you want to start with the ones that are in the quadrant of being easier to build and being higher priority. And so what happens... When you've got, say, multiple stakeholders involved in a project, and as you get started, people want to start expanding the scope, or they want to kind of change what the MVP is, or they want to add this other thing in before launch. How do you think about or handle those kind of situations? Yeah, I always think that's the biggest challenge is to get everybody on the team on the same page and think with the mindset that less is more. I think it always comes down to reiterating why an MVP creates an effective product. Just remembering that this is actually a way to save money and be more direct in creating an effective product. So I know one of the things or the reason that this kind of scope creep may happen is because some stakeholders may think that the product needs more features or it needs to have this in there um, or that in there to be really useful. So what would you say to people that are afraid to release kind of really an MVP, kind of more simplified version of their product? Yeah, well, the MVP never has to be a full release. Sometimes when we are just getting started, it's the idea of getting the product out just so you can start getting feedback. You might think that a user needs certain features, but that's all still based off of assumptions that haven't been validated. 
to make an effective product, the user really has to be able to complete whatever task they're doing. And when you have extra features, that typically ends up being a distraction. You can think about when you go to a restaurant and look at a huge menu, you have the task of choosing what you want to eat. When you're presented with 500 choices, that makes your task a million times more complicated than if you were just given 10 choices. So this is the same when it goes to developing a digital product. Typically, the most effective products are the ones that have the least friction and roadblocks when it comes to the user completing that task. That makes sense. And I think you hit another point there that it sounds like a lot of times these MVPs are not full releases. They may not be released massively, but maybe to a small subset of an entire audience or maybe even a small subset of users if it's an existing application or something. But is that right where sometimes you're looking at like, how do we just get something out there, not to maybe everybody, but to test small as well? After you go and design and develop the MVP, of course, you want to get it into the hands of users. If you don't think it's ready for the market, you can, or even beta testers, you can typically start internally. You probably have other employees that haven't seen the product or friends and family that you can test with. And you can really quickly get feedback on if your product is actually solving the problem that you're trying to address, if it's doing it any faster, better, or cheaper than similar products. And uh, you can also quickly gauge their feelings towards the product and figure out if it's something they would want to use or if it's something they might recommend to other people. And then so once an MVP is shipped, kind of what happens after that? And so like, where does the product go from that point onward? Sure. Uh, once it's gone out and it's had got some user testing and you've received feedback, you start working in an iterative cycle of building, measuring, and learning. So this is where you're quickly figuring out what features people are asking for. You design and build that and then test it to get insight. Agile way of working really helps make sure that your project is being steered in the right direction and you just don't spend too much time going off course and investing in something that users didn't need. So it sounds like kind of what you're saying is that the MVP is the quickest you can get to getting it out there so that you can then start to release ongoing, iteratively, agile, kind of the various phrases around that. But so then you can actually be shipping releases and getting feedback from customers as you go. Is that right? Yeah. And so what would you say to anyone out there who's considering if the MVP route is right for them? I would say it's usually a good option if you're unsure about anything. As we mentioned earlier, sometimes companies are developing a tool and they have uh, certain features that have to be in it and they're non-negotiable. But most times products are developed as an idea to be a solution to something. So part of that is to constantly it's something you think you can put out and test. It's always better to work based off of user feedback than just an initial scope developed by a small team. Perfect. Any other final things you'd like to add in here before we wrap up today? Sure. I just want to say building an MVP is not an easy task. As we mentioned earlier, it's always easier to add more and think it's better to have more. That's like the natural mindset. And the big challenge is getting everyone on the team, including stakeholders and the people building it, and to all be in the same mindset that less is more and that you can make a more effective product by subtracting instead of adding. 
I like to reference a famous quote I've heard before that I always refer back to. And that is, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. We don't know who it's attributed to since a lot of people had said something similar, including Mark Twain, Churchill, Benjamin Franklin, and Thoreau. But I think they're all trying to get at that same idea that most times the simplest and the most elegant things are also the most challenging to create. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you very much for taking the time today, Jade. You're welcome. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to learn more and see all the visuals related to this episode, head over to MajesticApps.com.